We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason, Pat, and Jason. I can't believe we have a happy podcast to record because it seems like every time we do a live podcast, the Bulls get their ass kicked. And the Bulls have been getting their ass kicked a lot lately. Coming into this game against Boston, they had lost, I believe, six out of seven. Boston, hottest team in the NBA, 13-3 and overall entering the night. Uh, first place in the Eastern Conference. But the Bulls, Jason, always seem to play the Celtics pretty well. And tonight, the Bulls earned a gigantic victory uh, where they were able to lock in a 121-107 victory. The Bulls are now responsible for half of the Celtics' losses on the season, Jason. The Bulls have beat them twice, and they almost beat them a third time. The game in Boston, uh, I believe it was earlier this month, when DeRozan had like 40 plus and the Bulls basically lost that game by, you know, a handful of points at the end. So really encouraging game from the Bulls tonight. I thought Boston pretty much played like hot ass in the first half. That sort of allowed the Bulls to get into a bit of a rhythm, but uh, you know, credit the Bulls for being resilient because Boston seemed to hit its stride in the second half of this game. If the Bulls weren't, ready for the Celtics counterpunch, this could have been a devastating loss and Boston could have easily ran away with the victory. So Bulls hitting up shots late. Uh, Zach Levine, some really clutch shot making in the fourth. Alex Caruso, a total monster defensively, probably the best game of the year for Patrick Williams, arguably one of the best games of his career. He finishes with 17 points. Uh, Just a lot of good stuff from the Bulls tonight. So a badly needed win. Bulls needed to get right win in the worst way, and they got it, Jace. 121-107. Uh, what's, your, what's your biggest takeaway from this game? Yeah, I mean, first of all, just like looking bigger than just this game, back to the disaster from Friday, which I was at the Magic game, and just obviously 
Uh, I mean, that, most of that game was terrible, and the Bulls had been struggling going into that game. And I mean, we said on the last podcast that, like, if they lose that game to the Magic, like, it's uh-oh time. And they come out and lay a total egg outside of, like, one little stretch where they make the big comeback. Should have won that game, and then they blow it at the end with the missed free throws, and Jalen Suggs is three, and the whole Zach Levine drama with the benching, which, I mean, he deserved to be benched. He played one of the worst games I've ever seen from a star player. Uh, maybe I guess I don't want to call El Horford a star, but maybe he played even worse today, but uh, we'll get to that later. So after all of that and the drama with Zach and his comments, the Bulls are teetering on the edge. They're 6-10. and 10. The fan base is uh, talking about blowing it up and like it's full, full-blown panic mode for the Bulls uh, coming into this game against Boston, who had won nine in a row. Uh, they basically destroy everybody. Uh, and I joked after the game against the Magic, though, you know, the, the way the Bulls have played Celtics, they'll come out and win this stupid game tonight. And it, what do they do? They come out and win pretty handily. Uh, the Celtics were, you said, hot ass. Absolutely. I mean, they were bad from the, the very start. They were missing a lot of open threes. I mentioned Al Horford was 0 of 9. He airballed one of his last threes, and he completely bricked another one. Wasn't even close. Jalen Brown started slow before coming on. Tatum, I don't think, had a great shooting day, although he had a pretty big scoring night. Uh, he'd ended up with 28. Brown and Tatum ended up having nice games, but... but uh, yeah, the Bulls are basically kind of playing for their season tonight, you could argue. Like, if they lose this game at, ahead of this long road trip they got, and they're 6-11 with this tough – with Milwaukee coming up and then a tough going out west for that tough trip. I mean, they're staring down the barrel of this season going right to shit and maybe blowing it up. And they come out with one of their best efforts of the year. Again, it helped that Boston was not sharp and they didn't really play def- well defensively. And for whatever reason, the Bulls just played their best against Boston. The Celtics have sucked. This is two blowout wins against the Celtics. Uh, this, as you mentioned, uh, the season at home and they almost beat them in Boston. I was joking on Twitter about playing them in the first, the first round matchup. Uh, a lot of Celtics fans are laughing at me. I'm obviously not actually serious. Although, I mean, it'd be, a full Celtics series would be fun, even though, uh, obviously the, I think the Celtics, Celtics are missing Robert Williams a lot. Bulls obviously don't have Lonzo, but overall, yeah, great. A lot of good stuff today. Zach, uh, after, after his old business, had he start came out started well. I thought he uh, was playing well at the start. His third quarter was not good, but then he responded. F- huge three huge threes in the fourth quarter uh, to help keep the Celtics comeback at bay. Demar after a slow shooting start. I mean, just hitting ridiculous shots. He hit three. He had been shooting terrible from three this this, this season. Three of three tonight. You mentioned Patrick Williams, seventeen points, six nine shooting. Uh, and maybe two of the best like offensive plays of his career, putting Jason Tatum on skates, showing off a little sauce with the dribble and drilling mid-range jumpers over him. That was sick. All five starters in double figures. Crusoe was a monster off the bench defensively, also hit a couple threes. So it's just a really strong team effort from the Bulls. Maybe another one of their best games of the season. I mean, two, their, their two best games of the season so far have been against the Celtics at home. So whatever it is about that matchup, they've just been really locked in for these games. Uh, and for right now, uh, I would call it a season saver because of how things were going at, uh, just in general with that magic loss. So nice response tonight by the whole team. Yeah, I think season saver is absolutely the right way to put it because Bulls really hit a new low in that previous game against the Magic. Just a totally crazy fourth quarter in that one. Jalen Suggs hits the big shot. Bulls somehow blow, what was it, like a five-point lead in the final 30 seconds or something like that. So going to Milwaukee uh, and then is the first game of a big road trip, it's hard to think that the Bulls are going to be able to like gain any momentum on this. 
they needed a get right win in the worst way and they got it in this one we got kevin with us kevin farrigan what's going on man uh what were what was your reaction to that bulls win i mean i was excited i i was doing my before the game i was doing my whole routine of am i even gonna watch the bulls for a while because like (laughs) they've been so dispiriting um but i'm a sucker of course i come back and watch and i I also just like i I love watching them play the celtics just because i i you know i think it's something about growing up in new england and having been surrounded by celtics fans my whole life uh and like shit talking my best friend who is a celtics fan um and obviously they've had a lot more success than the bulls uh as we've gotten into adulthood um but i i wasn't gonna not watch that matchup but in any case i think that um it was it's pretty good i mean i didn't even think the bulls played that well um or at least the stars didn't really feel like they played that well um zach was all right uh but pat i think that was probably pat will pat will's best game of his career considering like he's had other games where he like put up better stats but that was against the best team in the league um like pretty easily and the best you know uh defense that in terms of defensive talent that he has faced in a while i think I mean, the Celtics defense hasn't been great this season to start, but like they ha- still have really good perimeter defenders. Um, he cooked Tatum in isolation. I know, Jason, you just mentioned that, or maybe it was you, Ricky. Uh, but it, I, I was really impressed by that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I honestly thought that they could have played a bit better um, in like the half court. Uh, but, you know, they did enough and they got enough. They got into transition enough uh, off of turnovers, which is um their biggest strength i think still is like creating offense at, out of their defense when they get those deflections and steals and if there's a team that's still susceptible to to that amongst sort of the, the best teams in the league it's the celtics they they do like to turn the ball over yeah it was at 15 looks like 15 turnovers at least jalen brown had five we know that was like, and tatum at four we know that was a big storyline in the finals that Jalen Brown still can't really dribble all the time against like good defense. We saw he had, Caruso a, pretty, had, he had a pretty goofy one in, during the game where he like almost lost the ball like dribbling alone in in transition. <laughs> I think our, our guy Steph No posted that in in the group chat. Like it was just like he, he was there was nobody around him and he almost lost the ball dribbling it. Uh, yeah, his handle is still not very tight. Yeah, uh, sorry, yeah. I cut you off. <laughs> no, that's all, all good. I said Caruso four steals had a bunch of great plays defensively one of his better overall games it helped that he actually made some shots and he didn't have any turnovers speaking of turnovers we've complained so much about caruso turning the ball over too much this year zero turnovers for him tonight so that was obviously more the bulls only had what 11 here 11 or 12 turnovers and also i mean making three pointers you you sometimes you boil it down to make or miss league the bulls were 14 of 29 the celtics took 53s and ended up making 19 after really struggling in the first half the Bulls made the Bulls made fourteen of twenty nine. So like that's way they had been really struggling from three lately. We know we've talked ad nauseum about that three point problem, but when you have DeRozan going three of three, Pat going three of four, Caruso making two of two of four, and then Zach started he struggled to start, but then he hit those three in the fourth quarter. So to end at fourteen of twenty nine, that's just a, a huge difference uh, in the game. Just making all those three pointers, they shot almost fifty two percent overall. Uh, kind of just had their way with the Celtics defense in this one, which again you know, the Celtics defense is definitely not quite at its like I think they started trying at the they made a little run at the start of the fourth quarter where they the defense their defense clearly started trying harder and the Bulls started to do some 
goofy shit, but they hit enough tough shots where Pat hit those mid-range shots. Damar hit that miracle three-pointer. Then Zach hit those three that kind of held off that run. It started to, it did kind of seem like, oh, the Bulls are going to start to piss this away down their leg when the Celtics started ramping up that intensity. But uh, they were all hit enough, hit enough big shots to uh, uh, fend off that run and win pretty comfortably, which is nice. Yeah, I think I know the point about hitting open threes is so important because the way the Celtics were defending the Bulls, especially in the first quarter, they seemed very geared on just stopping DeMar, Zach, and Vooch. They were not really defending Io or Pat at the yeah. line to begin the game. And, you know, credit Pat for knocking a few down. He goes three of four from deep. Uh, I think he hit all three of those in the first half. Like, he started off pretty hot shooting the ball, which is what you want to see. Io record scratch turned down an open look but he started getting his dribble drive game going and i've been saying it on the podcast all year jason i think like one of the biggest factors for this ball team like getting themselves out of the vibes wasteland they've had over this month is that they need pat and io to take a real step because at the end of the day the bulls are built around the big three of levine vooch and damar but they're still not going to have the three best players on the court in like most matchups against any playoff caliber team. The only way they can actually be at their best and like compete against high level competition is if it's more of an egalitarian system. Pat and Io are not just innocent bystanders, you know, standing around on the perimeter, not getting the ball. Those guys need to be like actual functioning contributors. And I think we saw like sort of what those guys can do in this game. I want more IO all the time. I think like right now IO's got about a 16% usage rate. I really believe that he can handle a pretty strong uptick in usage. He's a tremendous driver, a pretty good finisher. He's really good at getting to the basket. He's a pretty good finisher around the basket, at least he was as a rookie, despite the fact that he doesn't have a lot of vertical pop. And in this game, we saw him miss at least one layup, and it might have been two. <laughs> Yeah, he missed two cool. easy layups, which is it was usually does finish pretty well, but he had two bad finishes on like easy, easy layups. But then he like he should he should just dunk because he had the one where he cooked Tatum and then dunked. It's like just dunk, man. Don't put up these stupid little layups. Fucking dunk it when you can. So, yeah, he, he. I feel like he sometimes surprises because he doesn't really have like he's not like super athletic, but sometimes he surprises with. I feel like when he sometimes pulls it out and he and he does throw down like sick dunks sometimes, but. Uh, he does, yeah. I mean, he took advantage. He had, I mean, he should have been seven of eight from the floor tonight because he missed two layups. He was five of eight. He had ten points. Uh, but just opportunistic with the drives, with the cutting. Could he could any? We've. I mean, we talk about it that he could definitely do more on that front. And then with Pat, I think they need to look for him more as a role man. I think DeRozan in particular misses him a lot when he sets the screen. Looks like Pat might have an advantage rolling to the basket. They got to get Pat the ball in those situations. Uh, today, he didn't really do his damage as a role man. He did it by hitting his wide-open threes and then by showing off his mid-range game. And the mid-range game has been something that he's found success with since he was a rookie. Obviously, you don't want the role players to be too mid-range dependent because really, like, that's the part of the floor that DeMar should be operating in, and then everyone else kind of has the space, the perimeter around him. But Pat can attack a closeout, and that's really when he's at his best. So... I was encouraged by this game. Like it's obviously it makes it easier when they're hitting their open shots. Yeah. And we know that, you know, Pat's not going to hit three out of four threes every single game. Caruso, even knocking down a couple threes was huge to keep building the lead in that second quarter. Uh, But the Bulls just need to be less dependent on Zach and DeMar to create everything out of thin air. 
And I think that this game was a good template for what a little bit more balanced offense can look like. Yeah, for sure. I mean, again, and this was definitely, like I said, an outlier three-point shooting game when you shoot 14 of 29. I think the Bulls coming in are like 34, 35%, and you make 14 of 29, 48%. That's huge. It's an outlier game. You got some funky three-point shooting. But they they still did do some other nice stuff. They had 26 assists. Uh, They also dominated the glass. I think that's been one kind of big factor in these in this bull these bull Celtics matchup is uh just dominating the glass using their size uh Vooch only had 12 but he had six of seven they it seemed like they, they were really trying to get him the ball in the post and I know like the broadcast like harps on getting the ball pounding the ball in the Vooch in the post a lot and this matchup is a, certainly a decent because the Celtics are switching so much and they're getting smaller guys uh and like if you're going up against like Marcus Smart and sometimes like Grant Williams like those guys are smaller but they are thick but like Vooch is still 610 so like, like I said I don't want to I don't like hammering the pounding in the Vooch like too much because sometimes I can get you out of your offense and kind of stagnate things but like Vooch played pretty well tonight he had 12 and 13 he had six six and seven from the field six assists good passing out of the post when they were pounding down to him Drummond had 12 rebounds in 13 minutes Bulls had 51 rebounds overall that is 38 to the Celtics so uh the Bulls dominated the glass like I said they dominated the center matchups El Horford had like zero points 0-9 shooting, he only had five rebounds, minus 11. He had a couple defensive plays, but rough game for him. That Luke Cornett played six minutes, only former bowl. Uh, he had, like, one nice alley-oop dunk, but he didn't do much either. So, like, uh, yeah, the, the size that's been a, the huge thing there. And obviously, the Celtics not having Robert Williams is a huge factor. Robert Williams, arguably, you could say, is more important to their defense than Marcus Smart is. One of the best rim protectors in the NBA. Don't know when he'll be back. I think in the next coming up here, he does have a lot of injury history. Uh, but I mean, this, he's so important to them, the Celtics overall as their team and uh, as a role man as well offensively. So obviously he changes a lot there. And that's, I think, one of the reasons why the Bulls have looked so much better against Boston early in the season because Robert Williams has not been there. Yeah. Uh, having 48 minutes of Vooch and Drummond, really nice man they just pounded the Celtics on the glass throughout in this one Vooch with 13 boards Drummond with 12 boards uh the Bulls were really missing Drummond when he was out for that stretch of games and then felt like he needed a couple more games to like get his win back and uh to find his role again so love seeing the Bulls get big and bully the Celtics on the inside Celtics without Rob just seem like a small team and I know that if you get peak Rob Williams back, the Celtics are going to be like super good in the playoffs once again. Yeah. Rob's always hurt though. He's been hurt his entire career. He's constantly dinged up. And I do feel like Horford's a step slower this year. Now Horford's shooting percentages are out of control. Good right now. He's just on fire as a shooter. From two point range from three point range. But Vooch in particular gives Horford problems because Horford For as good as he is, as just sort of like an all-around big, I don't think he has like the brute strength to really match up with Vooch inside. And Vooch sort of seems to relish this matchup. Vooch, 6-7 in this one, also had 6-6. So uh, just pretty encouraging game, I thought, overall for the Bulls. And uh, Kev, what did you think of, uh, you know, I'm going to say Kobe's play in this one. Kobe <laughs> played 14 minutes, two of eight. Uh, do you think Kobe continues to be a big part of the rotation 
like he got minutes that Derek Jones didn't get today. Uh, you know, like what, where do you, what kind of role do you see for Kobe sort of moving forward? Um, I'll be honest. I th- it felt like Kobe got those minutes because Dragic went out yeah. after he ran into Sam Hauser. And yeah. then it was just like, all right, he's, he's kind of out there. He's, it doesn't really make sense to bring Derek back in, uh, to bring Derek in instead. Now that when Dragic, uh, came came back from the injury and was actually you know he was fine um so i don't know that it, 14 minutes for kobe really means much of anything frankly um i didn't think he was i mean two for eight is not great uh he was he had some sequences where he was a little out of control but it didn't it didn't really hurt the bulls that much um i thought he was okay like you know usually if he is shooting poorly he's pretty much only hurting you and you know, I, I mean, he, he I, I, didn't, I didn't think he was a problem tonight. He had three assists in 14 minutes, which is pretty good for him. Um, he, re, he got, you know, he also got two rebounds, uh, which it felt like more to be, to be honest to me. Uh, rebounds, uh, I guess, partly just because he does. He and Patrick both do the thing where they sky really high to get they like um, high point the ball pretty well. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't think Kobe was a problem. I, I thought he was fine. He was a he was a problem in the fourth quarter, and Billy noticed it. Like he had a couple, he had a sequence where he like missed a wide open three, then got back screened, lost Malcolm Brogdon for wide open three, and Billy was like, "All right, that's enough. Yeah, You're that, done." That, that's true. Yeah, that, I like was that, thinking that, more that of like stretch. his other sequences, but like, yeah, he was. He's just he's not a very smart player, and like teams, smart teams like the Celtics try to take advantage of him um, and stuff like that is a good example of why. But yeah, I was thinking more about like the, the overall game, but yeah, that, that last sequence that got him benched was pretty bad, yeah. um, especially because it, you know, it looked like the bulls were about to do the thing that they've done a bunch of times this year and just like choke away a lead. <laughs> um, but they, uh, they managed to hang on. Yeah. And like his, I mean, obviously give him a little, cut him a little slack for his, uh, he's got a huge, like whatever, sleeve on his leg. He's coming back from this injury. Clearly, his his shot is a bit off. He he was he was one of six from three. The problem is he's been awful shooting all season so far. He entered today twenty eight point six percent from three, under thirty eight percent overall. And obviously tonight's numbers are not going to help that. So like, uh, like I said, he did have three assists as you mentioned. Had some other energy plays, but like, I mean, if Kobe's going to be shooting that poorly, especially on this roster. When they need three point shooting again, they have other they had other guys at threes today, but outlier game. Uh, when Kobe is really struggling with his three point shot like this, that's just uh, there's just really not that much reason to play him unless like that you really need to. Again, Dragic got hurt for a bit. He Dragic did come back, but he only played seven minutes. Was totally ineffective tonight in this game. Uh, that's why Kobe ended up playing twice as much. But uh, it would really be nice if the if Kobe could start making some shots and doing anything to if anything just build up his trade value because his name's coming up again in trades but like i mean his value is next to nothing now he's uh he's in what last is he in his last year of his rookie contract now right yeah this year four for him so like yeah it's gonna be a restricted free agent uh i I will say one thing about kobe's trade value is that uh i think other teams around the league after uh larry markinen is like all of a sudden top (laughs) top 40 player in the league at least uh and Wendell looks like a perfectly adequate starting center. Um, other teams might be looking at the Bulls and just being like, maybe those guys just don't know what they're doing. Um, <laughs> like, so maybe maybe he has a little a little residual value from that. But they also might just think like, 
well, you're not, you know, there's not going to be a bidding war for Kobe White. So, you know, you should take whatever you get from him. Yeah, it would just be helpful if he started doing anything. Like I said, who knows how much he'll play uh, when everyone, I mean, when everyone's healthy, I don't know if he'll play at all. But with Lonzo out still, Dragon just, I think, has slowed down maybe a little bit lately. Kobe might have an opportunity uh, to get some more minutes. Uh, and it would really be nice if he could get that three point percentage above 30%. I, I, he'll probably have some games and we've seen this from Kobe before where he has a stretch of week or two where he just absolutely goes unconscious of three. And then you hope that, Oh, he's finally turned a corner and then Nope, he goes on another stretch where he's terrible. So, uh, at this point, I'm, I, I don't want to say I'm totally out on Kobe, but I'm getting there. It's just been, hasn't really not really working out, but yeah, I mean, obviously and you, you bring up the Lowry thing and, uh, some of the other guys who have left, and you do always you do wonder like if well, is Kobe going to go somewhere else and be better or something. But uh, I mean, right now he just I mean he has never been as good as Lowry showed with the Bulls in some of his stretches, and uh, who knows? We'll see. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So six-game road trip coming up at Milwaukee, at Oklahoma City, at Utah, at Phoenix, at Golden State, at Sacramento. That is a really, really tough road trip. The Thunder game is the one game the Bulls should get there, but Oklahoma City's been pretty tough. Shea Gilgis-Alexander looks like, you know, an all-NBA player, and that's to put it conservative to start the season. What are you guys sort of looking for on this road trip? Uh, Is there anything you'd like to see from the Bulls in terms of, you know, some sort of schematic change, uh, change to the rotation, point of emphasis? So what do you 
sort of looking to see from the Bulls when they go on this West Coast road trip? I'll start with you, Kev. I'll start with you, oh, Jay. Sorry. Oh, I, was, I, yeah. I had muted Kevin, my mic. <laughs> I had muted my mic and needed to unmute it, and then my phone had gone, and yeah, whatever. Um, I was going to say, I you know, th- I think that they maybe the Thunder game is the only game that they might be favored in, and even then, probably not because the Thunder have actually been good this year and they are on the road. Um, so I think, you know, hopefully they can grab like two. a couple wins. Two yeah, like if they go two and four, like that's not the worst. I mean, no. it'll feel bad because they'll be uh, how Nine many games under Yeah, they'll be five games under five hundred, which that doesn't feel good. But um, you know, then the schedule gets a little bit easier uh, after that um, for a stretch, and so maybe they can you know get back to five hundred after that. And you know, I think they're about a 500 team. So I, I think it, it really hurts that they blew some some extremely winnable games. I mean, coming into tonight, they were 0-7 and seven in clutch games, which is like just absurdly bad. Uh, there's no other team that's even close to that bad of a winning percentage with in clutch games. Um, so... Yeah, I mean they they have some making up to do. Maybe if they get if they get three if they can go three for three out of three on this uh, road trip that would be an enormous win. Um, I think so. The, there's the Oklahoma City game. Um, Utah is good but not great. Like I I think that they're definitely still playing above their talent. Um, and I think that Golden State kind of stinks. Um, you know, they still got Steph. And and so a lot of that will really just depend on if Steph plays and that's an ESPN game on a Friday night. So he probably will play. They have Um, been very good at home too. I think they're like seven and one or six. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Their struggles have all been on the road. So yeah, that's probably a loss, but they the bulls could also like absolutely beat Sacramento. Sacramento's defense really stinks. Um, the problem is, is that their offense is like, you know, second best in the league. Like second, I think they're second behind Boston uh, at this point. Behind Boston, yeah, they're they're really good on offense. That the the fox and the ox pick and roll uh, plus shooters is uh, is really working out there. It's weird that their defense stinks because uh, Mike Brown is a head coach, but um, maybe that's just a personnel thing. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I think two and four, like it, like I said, that doesn't sound good, but like given the schedule, like I feel like it would be fine. Like just please don't go zero and six or one and five. Is basically. Yeah what I'm looking I, I for think, here. <laughs> so I you grab a couple, a maybe you get lucky. Maybe... Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think two and four is a reasonable expectation. I think three and three would be an absolute win. Yeah, and anything absolutely. above that is obviously like, you know, they completely turn their season around. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah, we, we've talked about just the need to whatever tread water, weather the storm as they wait for Lonzo to come back. And uh, hopefully Zach gets healthy uh, and all that. So like, yeah. Three and three would be fine, and it really is. I mean, you talk about the the, the clutch games, that clutch stat. They did not let this game get back in the clutch territory. I was almost kind of hoping that they would it would get within five in those last couple of minutes. And <laughs> they could actually get their first clutch win of the season, but it never got. I think I don't think it never got lower than eight or seven tonight. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, just like the the Magic game was just absolutely outrageous. Just an absolute stupid stupid game. It's another game that they cannot put away that put them at zero and seven. Just. Uh, I mean, you, you look at, I mean, just that little stretch of games where you get blown out a couple times in a row and you lose that game just makes you feel so much worse about this team. When like before that, we were like s- somewhat optimistic about them and like, oh, you know, like they're, they're doing an okay job weathering the storm. There's, they haven't closed, 
close games like they did last year, and that's why they're 500. And then you just get smoked by the Pelicans and the Nuggets, and then you lose to the fucking Magic at home after a huge comeback because you can't make free throws uh, on a ridiculous shot, and your best one of your best players gets benched. So like it, just, it was just such a horrible like confluence of factors that made makes us feel really bad about the team. And like I said, this 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 upcoming stretch really could potentially determine how they move forward with their season. And even with this, like the, this iteration of the roster. So it's going to be fascinating. Uh, and that's, I mean, the fact that they've won tonight is huge. Because, I mean, if they were six and 11 going into this road trip, again, you're just staring down the barrel of possibly blowing this thing up. So again, they still, that still could happen. This, like this road trip could easily be a disaster. Uh, the bulls are only two and five on the road so far. Uh, they have not been good on the road. So We'll see. I would. I think if I had to make a prediction, I would say two and four. I still think there's like enough talent in place, even though the main guys have not played well together, that they can steal a couple wins here. I'd be surprised if they go three and three or anything better. So I'll give them two and four on this trip. That'll be my official prediction. Two and four would be pretty good. I would probably take yeah. that. In terms of like any other like changes, I mean, I guess not. Really, like in terms of rotation stuff, what we're looking for, a lot of the stuff we've talked about already. It's like, can Pat Nio be consistent and make a consistent impact on the road? Can the starting lineup uh, do the starting lineup perform much better today? If you look at like the plus minus, like starting lineups plus minus has been bad as a unit this year, and like all the guys were like the worst was Pat at plus nine. Damar and Vooch were plus 20 each. Zach plus 14. Io plus 16. So, like, the Bulls starters killed it tonight, and that has not been the case all season. Uh, can can that starting lineup be good? Billy challenged them before the Magic game, and they came out and laid mostly an egg. Uh, the only reason they got back in that Magic game was because Damar went apeshit, and then Javante Green, who did not play in the first half of that game, uh, helped change the energy in that game. That was a very strange coaching decision. Uh, don't do that, Javante. And Javante today, he only played 12 minutes. But like, uh, the energy was palpable when he came into the game. So uh, I guess that'll be a rotation thing to watch, how much Javante plays, how much how Billy uses that, uses his bench and stuff like that. I think Javante playing, giving it Javante 10 to 15 just crazy energetic minutes per game is perfect uh, when you're looking to change the tide or just keep energy going. Um so yeah, anything else from you guys that you guys want to see? Yeah, I mean, more Javante. I, I I agree with that one. I I just love him. He's <laughs> like I know he can't shoot, and like that's a real problem for this team, given you know the constraints or whatever. But like he just brings so much of everything else, and it's like a lot of the other guys on the team can't shoot either, and they're not bringing the the you know the energy and flying around. And I think he might be their most impactful defensive player this year. I mean, usually that's Caruso, but uh, Caruso has, I mean, he's, he seems like he's, he's getting back, but there was something going on with him earlier in the season. He it was mostly affecting his offense. Like he's been like one of the worst offensive players in the league yeah. that, that plays major minutes, like, like not even like as a joke, pretty much every metric uh, kind of agrees on that. Um, but uh, his even his defense had kind of fallen off. I felt like a bit, and I felt like Javante was having more of an impact in his minutes defensively. Um, but and part of that is like if you turn the ball over a million times, like Caruso has been, that leads to runouts for the other team. But yeah, um, but yeah, I just more Javante would be nice. I, I hope that Patrick can can take tonight's game and, and roll that forward because um, he had had that little stretch where he looked like he was playing better and then it kind of i don't know petered out i wouldn't a little say bit. 
I, I wouldn't say that it was like for lack of like you know effort or you know that the energy was low like it had been in the first few games of the season where everybody was like losing their minds about him and yeah. including me um but uh just he just played bad like he like it wasn't like uh he wasn't confident or whatever it was just like he just played like shit um and so hopefully he can get to a level of consistency both with the effort and the the level of play um which i admit is a lot to ask of a 21 year old um but also you know, he's a number four overall pick. Hopefully at some point yeah, he's going to start. It's got to start happening like at some point, hopefully. Yeah. So those are the things I'm, I'm watching and maybe, maybe more IO. Uh, hopefully IO can find his three point stroke again. Cause uh, he started out really hot this year and his, his jumper seems a little broken again. Uh, the thing I want to see is just Zach Levine to get right. Because even in this game, Zach hit five threes. It does feel like his offense is very dependent on ripping threes, right? Yeah. And if he doesn't have that part of his game, uh, like if he has a cold shooting night, it's like how effective is he going to be? So I just want to see Levine be like a consistent 25-point-per-game scorer on relatively efficient scoring. Like he has like some – issues as a player that he's always had like his decision making you know he's not the guy who's going to like read the floor better than anyone else he's not the best lead ball handler but what he's always been is a guy who can put a ton of pressure on the rim and a guy who can rip threes and he just feels a little bit more one-dimensional this season when he hasn't had his full explosiveness now we saw him have that one awesome dunk where he cut against yeah. into the lane hammered that one home I just want to see Zach get back to being like an all-star level player because he has not looked like that this season so far. And I can talk about how the key to this bowl season is getting Pat Nio going, but also like, dude, they need Levine to be an all-star. <laughs> like last year at the all-star break, we were talking about how Levine should maybe start that game over, I believe, Trey Young, uh, who I think got the starting nod. Um, Levine looked phenomenal for the first, you know, 60% of last season, but they need to get him back to that. And even in this game, which was definitely a feel-good win, it's like, how good did you feel about Zach in this game? I didn't feel great about him, even though he, like, was shooting the ball well. So he, yeah. Zach came out with good energy, I thought. He was distributing pretty well. Third quarter, I thought, was awful. For It was a disaster for him. At one point, I mean, he was down to like 5 of 15 or 5 of 16 shooting. Uh, he had some bad turnovers in the third quarter. It seemed like he was really trying to force stuff. And him forcing stuff right now, like going to the basket, is just not working because he's not getting calls. He doesn't have the explosive pop all the time to finish through contact. Uh, and he clearly gets frustrated. I mean, look at his free, I mean, his free throw rate is his lowest it's ever been in Chicago. He's only taking 4.2 per game. And that was entering tonight. Uh, that's after like it was consistently in the fives or even six, one up to six, one year. Um, I mean, he's only shooting 42% overall. His two point percentage is way down. Uh, his three point percentage is going to come back up now a little bit, but even his three point percentage has come down a little bit lately, but Clearly just not finishing at the rim like he used to, not getting to the line. Uh, and they, we saw some of those issues again today. I mean, he's, he was 5 of 10 from 3, but only 3 of 10 on two-pointers. Uh, some bad decisions. Uh, so, yeah, I wouldn't say he played a great game. I thought at least the effort was there. I was curious to see how he would respond uh, to the the whole benching debacle. Well, I guess let's talk about that really quick before we wrap it up. Did you guys, any worry? I, mean, I, I feel like just the ultimate thing is just worrying about him being good again. But, like, 
Uh, what did you guys make of like whatever the benching, his comments, all that kind of hullabaloo from the Magic game? I'll let Kevin go here because I didn't, I couldn't watch the Magic game. Oh, fair. <laughs> um, yeah, I was pretty like, I mean, there's part of me that's that understands Zach being upset about not being brought back into the game because basically the thing that he said is like I'm the the type of player that you know I, I think the next one's going in, um, and but I think that. Uh, the problem with Zach and the thing that he seems not self-aware about is that the, the reason that he was getting benched wasn't because he was one for 14. It's because he was one for 14 and he doesn't really bring a ton else uh, when his shot is not falling right now. Like he's not playing defense. He never plays defense. Um, you know, I think he was a little bit better about that tonight. He got his hands in some passing lanes and was like generally more alert um, on defense, but that's very much not a consistent thing for him. He was not playing good defense in that magic game. Like he was uh, a not insignificant part of the reason why they were getting their ass beat. Yeah. Um, and I was playing well. And so Billy went with, with more IO. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, I didn't like that comment from him just because, you know, you were playing like, you know, total dog shit, dude. And the team, uh, almost won the game getting back out of the hole that you dug uh, by, you know, going with the, the hot hand and with somebody that was playing with some rhythm and that actually plays defense. Uh, and so, I don't know. I didn't love that comment. I didn't love that he didn't seem to back off of it very much. Um, but, you know, he's an all-star. I think he, you know, has that view of himself that, you know, I'll – I'll still be good. And he's probably especially mad that they lost, you know, even, even if Io was the one to, to get them back in the game, I'm sure he felt like, well, I could have, you know, been the, the difference to put us over the top. Um, never mind that Zach's late game decision-making is generally pretty bad, but um, <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, I just hope that that doesn't become like a, a bigger problem uh, with him and Billy, like longer term. The other thing I wanted to say about the, the magic game too, is that like, if they just win that game, they're eight and nine right now. And it feels way less bad than, uh, you know, the fact that they're three games under, under 500. <laughs> um, so I don't know. It, it's a really thin line between like feeling terrible about this team and uh, being like, all right, well, maybe they're okay. Uh, so I, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about them. Yeah. They're, they're just definitely just kind of weird just in general. Yeah. It was the magic game. They were I mean, the magic game. They were so bad for whatever, basically two and a half, three quarters. And then the magic started to do the magic thing. And Franz Wagner's foul trouble really hurt Orlando and the bulls kind of that helped the bulls make their big comeback. And yeah, I mean, you talk about, I mean, the, with Zach, like he was awful. Like his jump shooting was terrible. And he was just, he, that's probably the worst game of his career. But then also in the fourth quarter, they're trying to make this comeback. He took, like, DeMar is totally cooking. Zach took a couple of just awful jumpers that weren't close. And then he also had a terrible turnover where he threw it at Patrick Williams' feet out of bounds. And so, like, that's, I mean, that kind of stuff, that, those kind of, the poor shot selection, a bad turnover. Uh, so it's not just what that you're missing. It's that you're also making bad decisions and not helping in other ways. That's he was, I mean, he was what one of 14 and a minus 19, like again, single wing plus minus doesn't always mean everything, but like that was a situation where like Zach earned that minus 19. And it was like, you're just, it's not your night and you, you bench him. I think you could argue 
that Zach should have been out there for that last possession. I mean, obviously, Vooch has got to step up and make those free throws no matter what. But, like, probably get Zach out there for free throws. But Billy was clearly trying to send a message there. It seemed like uh, whether Zach took that to heart, I know, like, his comments, he kind of tried to clear the air, although he didn't really totally step back. He said, I thought his effort today was very good. Uh, you just hope that, uh, that like I said, it doesn't become a problem. And then ultimately, again, the hope is that just like that the knee is not going to be a problem. I think uh, anything, but even even if the thing with Billy is a problem, and if like maybe if Billy ends up being a scapegoat here, like that's whatever. The the big picture thing is here that the Bulls, as Ricky was talking about, they need Zach to get back to what he used to be. Because if Zach is just like a guy where, like I said, right now he's averaging 21, 4, and 4 on 42, 30, like seven splits, shooting splits, like that is not all star caliber. They just gave this guy 215 million, which he deserved, and he earned it. But like, if like this is the new normal for Zach, that is a big problem moving forward. And like, ultimately, that's probably the bigger actual issue than any concerns with Billy. So, you know, yeah, I think Kevin nailed it when he said they'd be eight and nine if they would have beat Orlando. I mean, there were so many winnable games that they lost down the stretch. That last year they were winning. Last year yeah. they were what the third best team in the clutch in the league. This year they're dead fucking last. And yeah. Uh, I'm not as totally pessimistic about the start of this season as I feel like most fans are because I don't really think anything's changed about my expectations. I still think they can hypothetically win 46 games. We knew this was going to be the tough part of the schedule. They had to tread water. Now they lost several winnable games that is probably going to come back to bite them at the end. Uh, but ultimately, I think it's sort of a high-floor, low-ceiling team, a team that's going to win between you know, 40 and 46 games and that is going to have a lot of trouble in the playoffs if they play against a team with a ton of size like the Sixers, the Bucks, or the Cavs. Uh, so you can sort of like debate whether or not, like, you know, if they do win 45 games or whatever this season, like, was this all just a gigantic waste of time? <laughs> you know, like uh, re-signing Zach, trading for De- trading for Vooch. Obviously, they overpaid for him. Getting Demar, um, but I don't know. I just don't think that there's huge cause for concern yet because the offseason moves look pretty good with Dragic and Drummond. Now we'll see if that sustains the whole year. I think Pat and I are both taking like half a step. And really, they both need to, like, take that full step and, like, really uh, be, like, consistent scorers you can count on every single night and consistent defenders. And then it's, like, Zach is the real wild card because Zach just, you know, hasn't been as good this year. And it's understandable because he's coming off the injury. But, yeah, I, I don't feel like I'm ready to totally jump ship. But at the end of the day, like, the Bulls are not, like, super talented. And they just have to try to tread water until Lonzo comes back. Uh, and they've lost some games they should have won, so it's time to win some games they should lose. And tonight was one of those. There you go. And that's why it feels so good to get that. Yeah, I think that's a perfect way to put it, Ricky. Like The the other thing that you mentioned, and I didn't jump in at the time, but it, that stuck out to me was like about having Drummond being missing. I think, I think maybe, uh, Jason, you mentioned that. But like him... Him being out, um, like, made a lot of these games more difficult. And I think that the, in particular, in the Celtics matchup early in the season with no Rob Williams, like, 
it is just such a huge advantage for them to be able to play 48 minutes of bully ball because Horford is very skilled, but he's got, a, he's got the same issues that we saw with Wendell, um, but not quite as bad because he's bigger than Wendell, but he's not quite, he's not very strong. He doesn't have a ton of pop um, and athleticism. And so, you know, a guy like Andre Drummond is a huge problem for him. Um, like he can space Drummond out and that, that's a, a way to counter it, but um, he does not had his jumper against the Bulls, and uh, he he's been kind of bullied. Um, and I think that so if they have Drummond for those games, you feel better about your chances of winning some of the the games during this stretch. And I think the other piece of it is like, yeah, they've just blown like close games, like, and also they did get robbed uh, in the Wizards game. You know, not to keep going back to a game that like, was like the second or third game of the year, but um, the refs like it was in the two minute report. The refs uh, did not call a foul on a game winning three point attempt for uh, DeMar uh, that should have been a foul. Um, so I don't know if you give them those, those two wins, then all of a sudden they're nine and eight and it, you know, the whole season feels completely different, which is like silly to a certain extent. Uh, but you know, that's, that's winning and losing in, in uh, sports. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just the clutch luck has gone totally against them after, uh, and obviously some of it has been their own undoing, but some of it also, I think does just come down to sometimes in these clutch situations, they were so great last year. And then this year it's gone totally the other way. So, I mean, Oh, and seven in clutch games is insane. That's ridiculous. Like two yeah. and five is bad. And like two and five would be great in it right now. Cause they'd be what it'd be nine and eight. Like you said. So like, yeah, uh, you hope that starts to even out a little bit, some regression to the mean, uh, there and 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 after and with all that, it does kind of feel like the Bulls are probably around a 500-ish team, which is what we expected coming in. We talked about low 40, low to mid 40s and wins. And Ricky, you talked about like if they end up winning 45. Like, I mean, if they come, if they start six and ten and get to 45 and 37, like that's a really nice. That'd be a really nice turnaround, especially we'll see what happens coming up here. So, like, I'd be very, I'd be fine with that 45 and 37. Obviously, at some point they're going to have to build on that uh, moving forward, but like. To, if they had the start they had this year and end up with 45 wins, I think that'd be pretty, pretty darn good. As long as hopefully, if there's a competitive playoff series in there, uh, you give a team a scare. I don't know what 45 will get them. The the NBA like is just like super. There's no one really, really standing out. You say Boston was before tonight. Uh, I mean the Bucks are still the Bucks, but the Bucks haven't been. I guess they haven't had Chris Middleton yet. The Bucks' offense hasn't been that good yet. But like, there are so many teams that are just kind of really bunched up and over in the West, like. Over in the West, there's like whatever one through eight is separated by one and a half games. So there's no one like really, really standing out. Even with Boston being as good as they are, thirteen and four, like, like are they like a total dominant team? Like I know they've been great in the regular season lately, and they went to the finals. But like, am I like super afraid or like think they're unbeatable? No. And there's like a lot of other good teams. But like the the Pacers are ten and six right now. Like the Wizards are ten and seven. Like there's a lot of weird shit happening in the NBA right now. So I know I know it's still pretty early, but. Uh, it just seems like things are like kind of wide open. Uh, so like maybe if the Bulls do get back into it and they actually get Lonzo back, like maybe they could do something funky here. I don't know. I'm trying to talk myself into it after a big win tonight. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe this game will be the turning point in the season. Who knows? I mean, like, yeah. the thing that beating beating the Celtics, uh, you know, by double digits uh, a second time, you know, that that should be a confidence booster, uh, especially as well as the the Celtics had been playing. Um, and you know the, the the Bulls are playing Milwaukee next, but like Milwaukee, 
like you just said, Jason, their offense has been pretty bad. I don't know. Is Middleton back yet, or is no. he going to be back for I that game? Soon, like, I don't think he's going to be back Wednesday, though. I think he's practicing. Yeah. He might be doing some G League practice, so I guess maybe he could be back, but he is not not for sure. Oh, fingers crossed that we, we get some schedule luck there and that he <laughs> Middleton is still out because, uh, um, you know, the – the the Bucks are extremely beatable at this point in the season. Their defense is great, obviously, but uh, their offense is going to tr- struggle to score. So I guess maybe bet the under <laughs> in that game, um, or maybe that'll already be priced. Yeah, their in. offense not, is not actually below advice. the Bulls. Yeah, their offense is below the Bulls. The Bulls are twentieth now in offensive rating, and the Bucks are twenty second. They have just not been that great without without Middleton there. We say, I mean, Drew Holiday can be hit or miss sometimes. Uh, obviously Giannis is Giannis, but uh, I mean, the rest of their team, I don't, don't know what I haven't looked deep into their numbers. Yet. They just haven't been that good. So like, uh, yeah, they're not like some unstoppable fo- force. Even, I mean, even with Middleton, they're obviously very good and much better than the Bulls. And they smacked the Bulls around last year in the playoffs. But like, uh, they're we'll not totally them competitively good. in the regular season though. So yeah, right. who knows? Yeah. The Bulls are going to get crushed by the Bucks. <laughs> I think they have no chance as long as Giannis is on the floor. And we're talking about like, okay, you know, Bulls just got to tread water, but it's probably going to get darker before it gets better because the six-game road trip is tough, dude. Like, we knew November was going to be really hard. Okay, and then coming out of it in December, after you play at Golden State at Sacramento to open the month, you go wash, home against Washington, home against Dallas. Okay, on the road against Atlanta's tough. Two home games against the Knicks, at Wolves, at Heat, at Atlanta, at Knicks. Houston. I don't know. Troy. I don't know if it, against Atlanta is that tough. To be honest, they they haven't been very good this year. They're yeah, they're they're ten and seven, but their uh, point differential is z- straight zero. So they've been mediocre. I mean, Trey Young's shooting like sub forty percent. He's been like he's putting up huge yeah. numbers, but not efficient yeah. at all. They uh, haven't figured out their offense with those two together yet at all, yeah, which is weird because they're. I mean, offense is like in their calling card. Uh, they tried to get better on defense, but it made their offense way worse. Yeah, I Any think they can go three games over 500 in December and like five games over 500 in January. I might be asking for too much here, but like if you're talking about mid 40s win path, that's probably what you're going to do. And then Lonzo comes back. Yeah, you know, hopefully. Hope. So, hopefully. Yeah, we'll see about that. I, I was listening to the Hoop Collective, not to mention another podcast on a podcast. That's weird. But I was listening to them the other day, uh, or t- maybe it was today. They had a Bulls episode were, come out today, I think. I yeah, and they were talking about Lonzo and with Jamal Collier, uh, and it, it basically it sounded like there's still absolutely no timetable. He's not running or jumping or playing basketball at all. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's great. <laughs> Wonderful. Who knows? Yeah, I, at this point, we really cannot count on Lonzo for anything. Uh, no, I would just hope, assume he's not going to play this year. Yeah, like, I, the hope, if he comes back, it's a it's a bonus. Yeah, the hope we've had since basically they announced the second surgery was that he'd be back at some point in 2023. Uh, hopefully, that is the case. Who knows? I don't think we we at this point we've waited so long and just had so many just like bad updates that I just don't think we get counted on anything. So, we'll see. all right, I think we should wrap this one up. I think so as well. Thank. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, it was nice to have something good to talk about after just uh, some truly miserable losses coming into this game, and it always feels good to beat the Celtics, as the title of this podcast says, Fuck Boston again. Uh, always great. Fuck Boston, absolutely. And 
Bulls and six, as Ricky likes to say. I said it was nice to rile up some Celtics fans uh, on Twitter, joking about playing them in the first round. Although, Ricky, I'm not sure if you were actually. I mean, if I were to pick I any team to play in, like the podcast, all you, Jace. Yeah, <laughs> I guess like if I were to pick any team to play in the first round, like out of the teams, like those like, best teams in the East, like sure, I'll take the Celtics and just see what happens because beating them or at least putting a scare in them would at least feel uh like a nice moral victory if they even if they played them close so uh and given the how they played against them so far this year i guess you never know but i I mean obviously seriously i would expect the celtics to handle the bulls in a playoff series but it would be fun to at least watch you make it interesting yeah i think it could possibly be interesting i mean just yeah i mean obviously again robert williams would make a big difference we would think but Maybe by then Lonzo would be back. We'll see. Obviously, it's a long <laughs> ways away. The Bulls got to get their act together on this road trip and not fall way out of the playoff race. I mean, as of right now, the Bulls are not even in a, in the play-in spot. I believe they are 11th in the East with their 7-10 and 10 record. But again, a lot of teams bunched up here. A lot of time to go. Bulls need to go on this road trip. Let's see. Give me 2-4. and four, Give me 3-3, three and three and we'll take it. Um, and we'll see. Obviously, we got Thanksgiving coming up. We got Bucks. We got Thanksgiving. Oklahoma City Thunder on Friday. Uh, as this road trip gets going here, so guys, uh, have a happy Thanksgiving. Hope you guys uh, have some, have some, whatever, do whatever you guys are gonna do there. <laughs> and thank you everybody for listening. Happy Thanksgiving, to everybody out there. Thanks as always for listening to Cash Considerations. Uh, if you came in here late or whatever, this podcast will be up on our feed at some point. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all those good places. So thanks again for everyone for listening. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Good Bulls win. Fuck Boston. Take it easy. Good night. <laughs> this is last year's Bulls. It's not last year's Bulls. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.